When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming today with Tiffany Soria, the founder and CEO of Novel Education Group, which is a homeschooling agency out in California, Los Angeles. Tiffany, good to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. Thanks so much for having me. You know, we've been talking a lot lately because this is something that every household is feeling about uh, the, what the pandemic is doing to our family situations because kids are in school or not in school and parents are babysitting, teaching, working. It's, it's constantly changing and it's different based on where you live. It has been a roller coaster to say the least for 2020. What, what do you think this is doing to our, to our children? Well, um, I mean, firstly, I, I think that it's frustrating children. I think the biggest mistake that schools are making right now is that they're trying to simulate, you know, they took their sort of like in-school learning environment and rather than redesigning a couple things and trying to make things a little bit more flexible, what they try, what they're trying to do is simulate the school day digitally, which just doesn't work because what it requires then is students to be sitting on a zoom or, 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 or on a video, um, for the whole length of a regular class period. So students are getting fatigued. They're staring at a screen for five hours a day, six hours a day, which is also sort of like, I feel like against, you know, what we, what, what we've always tried to encourage students to do sort of like, Hey, stay away from screen time, read some books, get outside, things like that. So I feel like it's, it's students are getting frustrated. I feel like they don't really know what they're doing. I feel like they're confused and they also like don't know what the next step is. Right, exactly. And, you know, the warnings and the concerns are just growing louder and louder. UNICEF put out a report and they are worried about this generation being a lost generation for so many reasons, whether it's your social skills that are plummeting, your anxiety, which is rising, and your education. I mean, there's just a report uh, just yesterday showing that middle schools in the largest county in the state of Virginia, there has been a, a fourfold spike in the number of students who are failing. Because as you just noted, this classroom education transferred directly to remote format, it's just not working. And Fairfax, Virginia is not the only place that is seeing students flunk. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we're seeing the exact same thing. Um, you know, students that did really, really well while they were in school are really struggling. Um, another thing that doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, you know, the motivational part doesn't transfer over at all. I mean, that's huge. I mean, there's already an issue with motivation in regular school. Now, transfer that to sitting at home because you're stuck at home all day and then having to, you know, Zoom. 
first of all, the accountability sort of flies out the window. Second of all, it's, you know, that that's not fun for students to do that. So uh, what we're seeing is a lot of schools have also been overcompensating for the lack of in-person school by providing so much more work for students to do. Oh God. Meaning? I mean, there's so much like worksheets upon worksheets upon worksheets. Um, oh, you're, you know, they. Ha- I feel like they have the attitude of, oh, well, you're at home and, and we're not doing school in person. So you have so much more time. So we'll just go ahead and give you more work so that it still seems rigorous. And I feel like it's it, like just counterintuitive for for students and for parents. You you said worksheet and I kind of cringed because my five-year-old who does go to school in person came home the other day and, and said, mom, all we do is worksheets. <laughs> I was like, well, consider yourself lucky because you're in class. But yeah, I mean, if she's dreading doing them in class, imagine how they feel doing them at home. You know, speaking of Zoom, um, I actually just became a, a yoga in, instructor. I got my certification and it was a very long program because it was weekends only. And it started pre-pandemic, you know, you, we saw each other. Um, and then COVID happened and it, it went online. And we're adults. We are a group of adult women. And my teachers were saying, they were no, no matter what they did, they were having trouble I mean, in yoga, obviously, you need to demonstrate and stuff like that. But but still, it's teaching. They were like, we don't really know how to do this for Zoom. And they tried all these different ways. And we would do six hours a day every other weekend. So 12 hours a week, if you will. And for adults, that was way too much. That was way too much instruction over a screen. Oh, so I could just imagine, imagine how kids feel. Absolutely. I mean, like, I mean, just coming from someone who's also been just doing workouts at home, right? That are, (laughs) I mean, if they're longer than 45 minutes, I myself as a functioning adult is, I'm zoned out. I mean, I'm tuned out after 45 minutes. And so I can't, you know, and on on top of that, it's like, what else are we looking at here in terms of skill set for kids, right? Um, Suddenly the responsibility, um, it's like accountability and organization and time management, all of those skills are acquired throughout the process and experience of being a student. Now, suddenly that entire responsibility has shifted from the teachers sort of like teaching those skills directly onto the students. We have students, I mean, just from direct experience of the clients that we've dealt with, we've had like fourth and fifth graders who have to learn how to navigate entirely new learning management systems, organize all their work, making sure their worksheets are turned in on a separate website, and then making sure that they're doing their work correctly. Oh, and then if they do it wrong, they have to go back and redo it and submit it on a different thing. I mean, it's just, it's it's not realistic and it's not really sustainable. So... Yeah. And and as a result, we're seeing an increase in homeschooling. And I want to talk to you more about that when Momming Today returns right after this. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. 
As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. We're back on We're Momming today with Tiffany Soria talking about um, the failure of virtual education. And, And Tiffany, you are seeing a spike in the number of parents who are open to and indeed homeschooling their children. Is that correct? Yes, definitely. Um, you know, if there if there is an upside to to any of, of this, you know, unfortunate schooling situation, it's that I think that parents are more open to what else is available out there. Um, I think the word homeschooling has like maybe a bit of a strange connotation attached to it from years and years ago, um, as in, you know, you're homeschooled for a specific reason because something didn't work out in school because I don't know, some some other reason that made it so you you had to be homeschooled. Whereas nowadays we're really looking, you know, a lot of parents are reaching out. I mean, separate from COVID as well as homeschooling as just an alternative learning option. Um, For us, you know, we've been doing digital learning and distance learning since way before COVID, since like the past five or six years. So we didn't really have to pivot or restructure. Um, You know, we've always worked with students at a distance um, and via Zoom. And so um, for, for us, it's it hasn't been a, a huge readjustment, but more so parents wanting to learn more about what those options are and how that looks for their kids because they see how unhappy their kids are right now. Yeah. So now there's a real reason. I mean, not, I mean, it, it, it's posh also. I mean, you're in Los Angeles, Jada Pinkett Smith, Katie Holmes. I mean, there's a long list of celebrities that at homeschool, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, does that influence people's decisions at all? Saying, "Oh, if so and so could do it, I, I can do it too." I, I don't think I personally don't think I could homeschool my children. I, I would want yeah. to. They don't listen to me. Right. Well, this is another misconception about homeschool: is that a lot of parents think that if you're homeschooling your kids, then you're the teacher. Um, with with our service, you know, we it's it's all inclusive. So we we provide the teacher for you. So really, and even more than one teacher sometimes. Um, you know, we have students that have you know work. It's it's really sort of like private school brought to you. Um, and I think a lot of parents also think that you know the Jada Pinkett Smiths and the Katie Holmes. It's like if their kids are in homeschool, then it's like some weird like hoity-toity experience. That's a, that's a little not grounded and maybe unrealistic, but really the homeschool institution, you know, several students go continue on to Ivy League schools, continue on to regular universities um, and have the same standards as a regular private school would. It's just more customized. And to be frank, it's, it's more concise. 
So why are you, I should ask you this first, are you advising the public school system in Los Angeles, for instance, on how better to fit their their model into um, partially we're definitely, Yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely trying, um, but it's difficult because... Um, you know, having to go, the, they, the systems are sort of already in place. And so trying to get schools to understand that it doesn't need to be a six hour day is probably, and, and it's working for some schools. You know, we, we do, we do work with, we have spoken to some schools directly about, about the students particularly that are struggling and then managing to work something out. Uh, with them sort of on a case by case basis. But what I would like to see in, in a more just generally is for schools to be a little bit more open to just sort of like letting go of their control a little bit and letting the students have a little bit more control over what they're doing. Obviously, there's a certain amount of work that needs to be done. There's certain standards that need to be met as best as we can right now during the pandemic. But until it's over, I, I think it's important to let the students have a little bit more flexibility and a little bit more control. So they're a staying engaged in school and not just like losing respect for the entire for the institution as a whole and um so they're just not getting too fatigued so what's the appropriate amount of time that students should be in front of a, a screen um for, with us and this is what we've always done pre-covid the standard seat time um is about 15 hours a week so that's three hours a day five days a week and most of our students are on that schedule for homeschooling or whether we are working with students um, at the schools in which they're currently enrolled as well. Um, so 50, you know, three hours a day, five days a week, it usually works really for all the way up through high school. If we're working with younger kids, then it's usually about four days a week for maybe like an hour a day. Who do you think is getting hurt the most? Which age group by everything that's going on? This, this back and forth, this hybrid, this you name it. <laughs> Right. Um, I think that it's two separate groups in terms of who's getting hurt. I think that the younger students, the anxiety level has definitely gone up. If you're looking at sort of like K through five or K through eight, I see I'm seeing a lot of anxiety come up that didn't exist before. Um, I think it's because those students are ill equipped for the responsibility of Zooming for five hours a day, making sure their assignments are in on time, organizing everything that they're just sort of like shutting off and just, I mean, really getting getting anxiety, like bursting out in tears about like, oh my goodness, I'm 10 assignments behind. I have no idea how this even happened, so on and so forth. So there's that age range that's getting hurt in that way. For high school students, um, they're getting hurt in a different way because they're missing out on the entire high school experience. And not only that, but they're looking, you know, we have ninth, 10th graders up that are already on a trajectory towards university and they don't really know what that stuff looks like either. Well, let's, let's go there and talk about university. I was just having this conversation um, the other day with, uh, with one of my friends and we were talking about saving for college. And, you know, this has been a crash course in digital learning for everybody, but it really has exposed the expensive higher education system, right? Which relies on $40,000 a year. Right. And, you know, let's face it, we're still going to have students getting degrees and good educations, whether they do that in a formal laboratory environment or, for instance, at home. And I wonder 
if colleges are able to recover from this in terms of the enrollment numbers. Because as part of this discussion I was having, we were saying, well, do you really need to save that much for college? Because we are looking at higher education changing right now. And right. I mean, you know, when my kids are in college, it's going to totally be different. It's, it's many years from now. Um, I, I just, I don't see people spending a lot of money to go to pristine universities anymore or any university. I mean, I don't think that I, I'm not, I'm not totally sure, but um, from the last articles that I read, there was like a big uproar about a lot of universities not lowering their tuition, um, even though things have gone entirely digital. So I, I, I'm sort of, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure about how, how that's going to work in, in the future. But what I do think is that you're correct in that it, it sort of like exposed the, the the higher education industry and what it means to pay that much to go to school. And it's less so do I need to, but more so am I going to want to? I should have asked you earlier, Tiffany, do you have kids? I do not. Okay. So you <laughs> you are experiencing not. this in slight in a slightly different way, but you're probably hearing the gripes from parents. <laughs> everywhere about how hard this yes. is. Yes. Of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, we speak, you know, mom, speak, I speak to moms all day long. So it's like... And what do they say? What do they say to you? Um, Most of them are concerned. Most of them are concerned about... And they're not concerned... And this is what what they're not concerned about. They're not concerned about them performing. They're concerned about them learning. And there's like a huge difference in that. Because they're just like, you know, I don't really care if she's following the curriculum exactly, if she's getting all the straight A's. She's like, I'm just more concerned that she's not sitting on a Zoom for five hours a day and literally not learning anything because she's zoned out. That's really where the concern has been. So it's like, what can I do to make sure that she's actually absorbing this information and learning something? And, and what can we change? What's your answer? is close, not close, but shorten the school day 100%, make it way more concise. If you can, I would really encourage parents to reach out to schools and ask what they can do in order to make the school day a little bit more efficient. And it definitely has worked. Um, you know, we, 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 not just with clients, but just with other parents that I've spoken to, um, they have definitely found success in just being able to work with the school's curriculum, but at their own pace and at their own hours. Um, I mean, I think aside from all this, a lot of families are sort of taking advantage of the fact as well that you can, you can work remotely. It's not just like you have to, but you can. And so we are getting, you know, some, some of the higher end clients are, are taking this opportunity to travel with their families, spend a few months somewhere else, you know, outside of the city or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so taking advantage um, of, of the opportunity to say, Hey, you know, like, is it okay if you just give us all the work for the next month and we'll be sure to turn it in for the next month and just put that responsibility on us, um, rather than on you and you in terms of the school. Yeah. Um, final question. And I know you're not a doctor or a health expert, but, but the question is, you know, we just saw the New York City school system, the largest public school system in the country, close, and 300,000 students who were getting that in-classroom, in-person education now stuck at home, 
oftentimes right. their parents are those first responders. Now the parents have to figure out, well, how do I go to the grocery store to work when you're home and, and you need someone to watch you? So it, it's a mess. Right. But one of the arguments is um, while there is a spike in the communities, it's not necessarily in the school. And if it is in the school, it's not caused by being in school. It's caused by playing with your friends like at the park or, or whatever. It's not necessarily being the, the virus isn't being transferred in schools per se. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know until we have herd immunity, which is months and months and months away. And, and the vaccine has not even been officially tested and proven on children yet. So, you know, next year, I, I don't really see this situation looking much better because right. kids aren't being vaccinated right away. And they're closing schools down, even though there's not more infections necessarily in that school. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, I, I mean, just, just like I said, I'm, I'm not a health expert, but I, I would go off. I mean, I'm a, I'm a numbers person as well. You know, if, if kids are not being affected in school, I mean, the thing is, is that Controlled environments it seems like in controlled environments is where the virus is not spreading, right? Schools, um, even I mean, can I even say it? Even sometimes in an actual airplane, like I don't think it's in the airplane that it's happening. It's probably within the airport where it's like not controlled. And same, just like what you said, in the classroom, probably not. On the playground, maybe. So um, I think you know I. It's unfortunate that it translates to that, but I guess having to put control over the whole thing versus just a part of it is kind of the only option, unfortunately. And here we are for quite some time. And I think that length of time is scary to a lot of people. Tiffany, thank you so much for for joining us and for helping. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and, you know, in spite of everything that's going on, I, I do want parents and students to feel like there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that there are other options for them and they should sort of take advantage of this power that they do have um, and, and, and reach out to their schools and see what they can work out. Thanks for the tips. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.